Hey everyone, we are back. 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 Because we're the prodigals. The prodigals. Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Yes, we discuss topics not normally preached in a pulpit or talked about during Bible studies and this next upcoming topic will definitely not be <laughs> talked about nope. <laughs> and that's why we're here be. for you it should be though it should be would they really um do you think no, they you would never really? know i hope so yes yeah hope yo so. some I, some I'm, brave I'm, I'm telling you sometime this week so probably sometime last week or this coming week some some pastor definitely made a sermon about this uh, yeah i believe it hopefully because it needs to be talked about uh, my name is Mark, and I'm joined by Alan and Billy. What up? Yay. So we're kind of going out of our intended schedule of topics because of this news that has hit the world of Christianity this past week. Um, I know it's been ongoing for a while regarding the investigation, but the final, um, but the final report just came out a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the news of the final report done by a third party has confirmed reports and allegations that Ravi Zacharias, a prominent Christian evangelist or apologist who passed away last year, was involved in elaborate and inappropriate sexual relationships. Um, naturally, this has rocked the Christian world, so this episode mm-hmm. will be dedicated to our reactions uh, regarding the news at hand and also just discussion about um, moral failures in general and um, yeah just prominent christian leaders um, like their deeds coming to light um, mm-hmm. yeah, in a not so pleasant way so yeah this will be a really difficult topic so just uh, bear with us as we <laughs> go deep into our souls to see what we think about the issue. Do you hear what I hear? Mm. Uh, so, bef- yeah, before everything, we just want to really let, for anyone who doesn't know who Ravi Zacharias is, um, who is he, why is he important, and what did he do exactly? What I know of Rafi Zacharias, just growing up, I think the only thing I really knew about him was that I he was big in like uh, the theology. What theology? No, not theology. Apologetics. Apologetics. That's what I was, the word I was talking about. Really big in apologetics. And I think he, when I was younger in my faith, and I just had all these random like just you know accidental crisis or having a question about who God was, like a lot of the times Rafi Zacharias videos would pop up. And, I'll, and I was like, wow, this is so informative and so great. And that's what I knew who Ravi Zacharias was. <laughs> nice, wholesome, apologetic man. <laughs> nice, wholesome. That's all, that's all I knew about him. Yeah. I mean, one of the more prominent apolog- apologists. Apologists. Not the most. Yeah. True. If not the most. He's not the most. Yeah. I mean, like he's he's probably the, the most popular out of them. Mm-hmm. There's a couple... Like McDowell and stuff, but you know, yeah. I don't even know that name, so I guess Ravi's <laughs> the biggest. 
Okay, well, yeah. So, well, I mean, this generation. Anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 this generation. Fine. Fine. Uh, well, he's, the other guys that are in there too. Don't but, uh, like, don't he, yourself, I don't know man. if anybody else has, like, sort of like the televangelist, um, you know, sort of the, the television um, on screen um, reach platform that he, that Zacharias did. Um, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, he was going to be the more prominent of it all. Uh, of prob- yeah, of them all, pretty much, uh, at least to, you know, the the church in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's like on the scholarly side of mm. of things, uh, but yeah, man, apologists, they're they're real. They're, they're they've got some serious brain power behind what they're. Oh yeah, for sure. What they talk about, yeah, and uh, a lot of them are a lot of them are absolutely brilliant, gifted by God. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely a brilliant man by by all means. Right? Very gifted. Very gifted. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I mean the 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 reach that this guy has uh over over this the time span of his of his ministry, which is over decades, I believe. Right? Um Yeah. Yeah, there's I mean it's it's a wide overarching um influence that he's had over he's, the over the church for a while he's now. canadian right oh well all i know is like he was pretty i think was he here in toronto at some point i'm just assuming I, I i'm just sure like, he has you know I made feel a like stop he's... here and there yeah he said it says he's a canadian american whoa did not know he was canadian okay yeah, i've i've <clears throat> had a feeling something about toronto so like that's why i was like yeah. Oh, he yeah. Immigrated. He's written countless books. Yes. And oh, yeah. Immigrated yeah. to Canada in 1966. Mm-hmm. He went to Tyndale before it was called Tyndale. Before it was called Tyndale. It was called something else. It was called it was called Ontario Bible College in 1972. Wow. Oh wow. So like he before. was like. That's how, you know your, yeah, that's how you know Tyndale you're. Yeah, that's how you know you're there. Like you're there before they made, changed the name. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's Ravi for you, I guess. That's yeah, and I even know like a a number of um, close acquaintances, close friends who attribute their faith to the work of uh, Ravi, oh, Ravi right? like his yeah. writings and his work in apologetics and his intellect his intellectual work and just trying to prove, not prove, but defend that, you know, there is God. And, um, yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. Uh, Want to explain what apologists do? Yeah. So apologists are pretty much <laughs> people who defend like a certain faith or a certain type of belief. So mm-hmm. Christian apo- apologists would be those people who through use of intellect and Debating prowess, 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 prowess. There's a good prowess. word for you. Um, would defend the Christian faith, uh, defend why, uh, defend Christian orthodoxy, why Jesus is God. Um, or yeah, a lot of the doctrines that we have yeah, as yeah. a church. Yeah, the doctrines that we have and why there is, why there is a God, like the existence of God. Um, mm. So they use. Yeah, just like the they use logic and a lot of what's philosophical it assertions, yeah. Philosoph- philosophical, philosophical arguments. arguments. Yeah, yeah, 
in order to defend the faith. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's particularly against you know agnostic, um, mm, atheist. atheistic, um, well, even other religion probably too. Right? Yeah, and other religions. Yeah. And other oh, religions. mostly like, I would like to think like probably the Muslim faith. There's a that's probably the most thing we like we contend against. I'm just assuming. Oh, uh, you know why? Because Ravi was close with Nabil Qureshi, who was a Christian apologist as well, who was like Muslim. So wow, there you go. I figure I figure I, I though that apologists, because of sort of the nature that they argue with, right? Sort of like the using uh, logical maxims and axioms and philosophical sort of you know, positions, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because that's sort of like the arena that that atheists you like know the, like to talk in and yeah, you know, humanist and have atheist these, have these discourses uh, in to you know put yeah. your argument out right. there and see how it holds up, right? Right, using logic and you know, see uh, and the scrutiny under under reason, sure. And so, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I feel that most apologetics will will fall under that in terms of the defense. And and to Mark's point, you know, with with some friends, uh, you know, coming to people, uh, coming to faith because of him, there are Christians, there are people that, um, you know, they will be drawn towards the Christian faith because of. You know the love of Christ. Some will be drawn towards you know the community of the church. Some will be drawn towards you know other things. And then there are people that are drawn towards you know they need to have it all. They they need to have sense of it. You know where it fits in a logical yeah on a logical on a logical plane. Mm -hmm. And so there are you know there's a place a very you know large place for somebody that can rationalize and. And uh, reason, as the Bible says, come, let us reason together, mm-hmm. right? That there's a place, a large place for people that are able to do that, that are gifted by God to be able to make sense of the scriptures, how it interacts with the world mm-hmm. and how it interacts with philosophical sort of underpinnings that people have. Yeah. Right. And so if you That's... can make sense of that, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a large portion of people that will be drawn towards that yeah for sure uh, that's probably why like ravi his like notoriety was so huge because like it's not just christians it's probably people who are like seeking or maybe people who are trying to go against the christian faith or things like just like the, just to see what the arguments are on the other side right sure. mm-hmm. so that's and i guess it's like i just think about like youtube algorithms like yep no youtube yep. algorithms yep. like what becomes popular and like just like generate that and go and like get popular yeah. that's i feel like with ravi zacharias like he was in the perfect time perfect time perfect situation and he just got this big notoriety and then he just got huge based off like just being an apologist yep saying please a lot i'm joking not saying please a lot <laughs> um he didn't say sorry a lot no, <laughs> not because he's apologia means in defense. Um, speaking in defense, uh, it's a formal defense of an opinion, position, or action. Wow. So, so he was a lover, not a fighter. There you go. Mm. <laughs> and uh, that's who so, Ravi Zacharias was. <laughs> yeah, so that's who he is, and I. So what did he do? I mean, we already kind of touched on it. Um, The final report of a third party, I think it was a law firm? Yeah. Or investigator? The the Ravi Zacharias, the ministry or the organization, they wanted to do a external investigation. 
mm-hmm. of Ravi Zacharias or of his whole, I guess, of the whole situation. And oh. that's why they hired out this whole, this like this law firm, or this well, this firm to do a private investigation to follow up with some of these victims and to follow up with evidence as well to see what was the basis of all of this. Is there any basis to what they were accusing him of? Was it all true? Was it true? Is there anything behind it? So that's why they did. I guess it's probably why. Well, why would they do it? Why did? Why would they do it? Because. Um, so they have for transparency, for like yeah, the transparency. Yeah, transparency, you know the yeah, the idea that um, somebody else with an with an outside objective viewpoint, yeah. so it's not you know, a will be able to see, yeah, would see the the situation as it is, as you said, in an unbiased you know manner, mm-hmm. and to be yeah. able to report that and have good credibility towards that, uh, and that goes, I guess, you know, towards towards uh, healing and credibility and. Uh, everything that's needed to sort of, um, you know, deal with the situation at hand. I think we should also mention that Ravi Zacharias is also no longer with us. He yeah, is he deceased. The way last year. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> what do what do you? That uh, adds a different of? element to uh, it. Some cancer? form of cancer. I think pancreatic. Pancreatic cancer. I oh, it, it was a rare, a rare spine cancer. Cancer oh, in his spine. spine. Uh, did that did does uh hmm, does that um i should say does that did that um contribute to his back pain do you guys know oh um, probably not that hmm. i'm i'm not too sure i don't know I, I don't i'm know, assuming so I'm i don't know how so. long this went on so the report i think concluded that allegations of Sexual misconduct has been found to be true. So, throughout the course of many years, he <coughs> would coerce masseuse who treated his back pain um, mm-hmm. towards uh, sexual relationships. Yeah. And. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's like really crazy, actually. Like he was soliciting like multiple massage therapists. He was tied with, I think, two two massage salons. He was tied with. Yeah, as um, um, he was as a um, like um, a, uh, sorry, it was, it's not a co-owner. No, invisible investor. Invisible. Yeah, he. I, I think in the report it said he was telling one of the probably I think one of the therapists or. Someone he was talking to another one of the the witnesses that he was a invisible investor in this specific like spa. That's what it was, spa salon, same thing. Mm. Um, yeah. Did did you re- just reading through the report? It was my it was devast- devastating. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was really it was really messed up. Like really, really like it really messed me up. Like yeah. I just couldn't believe the things that he was doing. Like, I remember when I, the reports first came out and I saw the headline. I'm like, oh, shoot, that's really, that's a that's a bummer. But then when you read into the details and what he was doing, it is really, really, some really it's quite shocking stuff. It's really, yeah. really shocking. Quite shocking. Yeah. It's quite shocking. And I was just like really, I was like really thrown for a loop and even come to the point of like, I felt like really angry too. 
like I like I usually don't I feel I feel like I'm not the person to feel angry I'm a pretty like show grace to other people and like you know you know people are redeemable and things like that but when I read what he was doing I was like this made me really really angry mm. like it made me really really angry because oh, yeah. the fact that he was using it I guess like yeah the whole idea of like he was using his power to abuse this these women sexually spiritually um psychologically like that just that just like pushed me over the edge i'm like no this is just like too yeah. much this is this is like a lot like this is very hard to believe and shocking so yeah. is I, it for you billy is it um, i feel emotionally think, riled up right now <laughs> just right just, just think, after saying all that oh my god do you think it's that much more um impactful on you because you you know there there was a part that he played in you know in your in your um journey not not in particular the most shocking thing is just the the level of i want to call it evil like the level of evil that that was committed that that's the thing that makes me so angry and it really goes against the whole idea of just not like using ugh, how do i how do i say it like you know how jesus like um just loved the poor and loved the humble and was against people who like he was all about like the justices of mm. of life i guess right mm -hmm. yeah. and seeing that <clears throat> ravi was using was put, who was in a position of power and was Yes. Using it to abuse like the people who are like not like financially poor, but who were in a position of like poorness. You know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, he leveraged their financial he, situation and his yeah, financial situation. And his financial, and I'm like, that is there's like to me, it, it's so like the feeling is so visceral because it feels there's something ungodly about it. Like that's how strongly yeah. I feel about it. Like there's something <laughs> ungodly about that. Yeah. But what what got me is not it's not even his financial situation like using his yeah, financial was, thing he was using his ministry's finances yeah. yes in order to fund. in order to air quotes help out people help out women who wanted to um, climb socially or like financially yeah uh, so that he and then after helping them out or air quotes helping them out he would coerce them or highly encourage them to be in a relationship sexual relationship with him because of the help that he provided mm. and that's not even like that's not even the thing that makes me most angry is just making or even having such a hold on them to make yeah. them pray with him and yeah pray with him and still you know talking religious using religious language during the action of um, asking them to be in a sexual relationship with him, uh, mm -hmm. which is already inappropriate. And then making them pray and asking them to thank God that they were able to meet. And, yeah, that was so messed up. And calling them his reward for a lifelong service to yeah. God. That's, that's what messed me up. And then 
I think what messed me up even more was seeing the video by one of the women that uh, has accused him, which is Lorianne Thompson, mm-hmm. um, in which she's, she said, which I'm paraphrasing, like that her relationship with whole Christendom has been damaged irreparably. Mm. And, I was, and like, saying this through tears and sobbing and just like that, that messed me up, man. That just broke my heart how someone could use his level of influence to do such evil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so I think that's a good segue to the next question. Question, you know, being like, what's the what's the fallout of this? All of this coming to light, you know, not only well. It's the reason, I guess, why we also told you that, you know, revealed, or at least if you didn't know that, um, that he's no longer with us, that he's no longer mm-hmm. alive. You know, that adds a a, a different element um, to the, you know, a dip- different complication to it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because now, if I'm not mistaken, this started coming out after he passed after. away, right? Yeah. And so it's not like... You know, there's there's something that he can do to help repair that. Mm-hmm. The Lorian Lorian yeah. Thompson case was settled before. outside of court. Yeah, was settled, settled outside, outside. Yeah, while he was yeah. still alive. Yeah, in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 2018. That's what it was settled. Yeah. Sure. Or he was uh, still alive then. Mm-hmm. But yeah. most of these like news about massage therapists and going off to Bangkok alone. It's all it's all and, witness. Um. You know, women praying with him and him helping out women financially only to solicit sexual favors from them has come after his death. Mm-hmm. Right. I believe. Yeah. So what's the fallout of all of this? I mean, how does this how does this affect how does this affect his ministry that's that's there, that's left behind, that still bears his name, the what is it? R is Z I Yeah, the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. I think. Yeah. So, how does it affect him? How does it affect his family? How does it affect his followers? How does it affect the church in general? Knowing that he's had such, you know, a wide-reaching sort of, mm-hmm. you know, effect on the general church. Um, I was talking to this with some friends earlier today, and I just really. Especially so, especially for the people who whose faith was formative uh, by Rabbi Zacharias, I really pray that they can separate the two, like their faith and Rabbi Zacharias and where they've come to be. Like they can take it's like it's like separ- separating the information and separating the knowledge that came from Rabbi Zacharias and separating from the person themselves, and being able to have their faith not on not grounded and rooted in like what Ravi has taught him, but being rooted in the fact that God was able to speak and give him information <clears throat> through Ravi. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, again, but it's, it's, it's going to be, it's really, really hard because like this person, this person, this Ravi has given, has given so much information and so much knowledge and all these arguments and logical things like that. 
and it's hard to it's really really hard to separate the two like with any art with any artist and their and their music say an artist does something like heinous it's hard like can you appreciate oh i remember it's like kanye west like i remember when kanye west he came out to be ah, this is guys it's related when kanye west it's when he was like when people when he was really out with uh supporting donald trump a lot of people were like dude like we are canceling kanye we are not listening to his music but for me like i like this music like it's it, it's like something in my head i need to it, like i need to carpent carpent compartmentalize between Kanye West the person and Kanye West the artist <laughs> and appreciate the the work for what it is and separate myself from who the person was okay. does that make sense no it absolutely makes sense the question is 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 everybody <laughs> able to do that and, and that's the mm, and that's the thing yeah. is everyone ab- is are people able to do that and we're not talking about like music music is great art is great but we're talking about people's faith. We're talking about the fruit uh, that has come through it is people's faith, people coming to Christ and believing in in, in Jesus himself. And mm. to separate that, I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, I trust in the Holy Spirit and these people that, hey, maybe Rabbi Zacharias was like the last step in pushing them over to coming to faith and that they have grown significantly, has been sanctified and that they're really, really solid in Jesus Christ and their, and their salvation. I really hope and that they can separate that from what it was. I really hope. Mm. And I really think that's possible. And I really oh, think yeah. it's very possible. I would think so too. I mean, you're, you're an example of that, right? So you can separate, you know, sort of the message yeah. and the man. Uh, the, yeah, message and wow. Separate the message and the man. Separate yeah. the message and the man. Um, I, I, I just don't I also, know. So go ahead. I just don't know how he, we would do that. For because, for example, Harper Collins, like a major publisher, mm-hmm. who has published his books, have already pulled his books. Um, so and then his sermons, I'm pretty sure, yeah, people probably. are not going to be willing to watch them. So I guess like. I guess now it's impossible. I mean, now it's not even going to be a, a problem anymore because the resources of Ravi Zacharias and his information is not going to exist anymore. Right? Still going to, I think it's still going to be there. Accessible. Uh, it's just that, like, it's going to be hard for us or it's going to be kind of insensitive for us to keep quoting him or, Ravi, you know, Ravi Zacharias, this is what he said or whatever. Because um, it doesn't, like, the, the truths that he said, do not become untrue just because of the things that he did mm. in the in the shadows, mm. right? Sure. In the dark. That is true. That is um, true. But I guess like, and then there's the other aspect of it. There's the other half of it where it's like, if we could keep on supporting or saying that name, um, then we're kind of like belittling what he has done. Or yes, yeah. being sensitive to the pain of the women, the victims mm-hmm. yes. uh, that he abused. Mm-hmm. So I think like, yeah, that's that's a big fallout. And oh, that's yeah, the never, big challenge yeah. of, um, yeah. Is this wow. the end of the uh, international ministry organization? I, I don't think it's the end of it. I think it's, it's time for a rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's news of them downsizing. Well, and yeah. well, that makes uh, sense. Loss of 
yeah, loss of pretty, like money I, and support. I see like rebranding in the in the f- near future. Yeah, uh, for I sure. Also, like they can't hold that yeah. RCIM anymore. Any. I any also longer. yeah. I also heard like uh, a sister organization in the UK who has separated, um, mm. separated, voted to separate, and then they're gonna choose a different name. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. What their name was, but it's highly tied to it's either Ravi or Zacharias, Zacharias yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, they voted to be independent from RZIM and choosing to rebrand in a different name. Yeah. So I think the name of Ravi Zacharias will be slowly or quickly, I don't know in what pace, be mm-hmm. erased from organizations and i think quickly erased from the christian world is that uh, i guess cancel culture right now yeah i mean cancel culture that is cancel culture and i and i i would i would imagine that it's not a hard thing to sort of get behind right Mm -mm. just because of the you know the yeah. shocking nature of of the things that were done having said that you know um it, like i said because he he's dead it adds a, a certain element to this but should that be should that be his his legacy do we for lack of a better way of putting it like let's just say that he was alive Sure. Would we cancel him? Do we get rid of him because of this? My, I think my first reaction to that is there would need to be some sort of uh, appearance or evidence that he repents. Yes. Yep. Uh, sincerely. Like an evidence mm-hmm. of that, and then I'd support some sort of hiatus from the public, uh, just to be in, for him to be introspective, to see where he's at and his relationship with God, and um, I'd gladly welcome him back if, like he, there's evidence that he really. It's changed, but it's difficult because I don't know him personally. So exactly, we um, will never, we will never know on the side of heaven. Like we will yeah. never know if he was but, ever repented yeah, even till the dead till his deathbed. Like we can never know. Yeah, but there's always room for grace. There's always room for yeah, there is mercy, but yeah, it's just like the the level and the. Yeah, it's just like he was so precise with what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Yes, um, and that's the was... that was the creepy part. Like he said um in the report, like no one within the organization knew had an inkling or had a clue of what was happening. Which is the the scary part, which is that means like no the one man had knew, a brilliant and, mind. And right? he, exactly, he had a brilliant mind and he covered his tracks so well. 
And yeah. the, what you know, and part of it, I, I, as I understand it, like there are boundaries that he and his wife put in place. Like one of them is like they, they he can't be alone in like in a mm-hmm. car or whatever with with another yeah. with another woman. He was doing all the things right. Like he was doing all the Christian things right. Like setting boundaries, and right? Sharing, like putting these accountability places in place. But he was but still his able intelligence to intelligence allowed had allowed him yeah. to, yeah, to find the loopholes to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, to sort of like what's what's the term um, to rig the system? Not to rig the system, but to um, whatever the system. You know, is the system <laughs> that he put in hack. place? Hack, yeah, hack the system. Like it, it, he 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 knew how to how to how to move it and and, and move in such a way. Um, he knew where the blind spots were, mm. Mm. right, and he used that to his advantage. Mm. Right, um, and like you said, we don't know if he was he was ever repentant of it because, you know, this came out after he died. So I guess the question, one of the questions is, is his salvation in jeopardy? Man. I had a hard time thinking about this one. <laughs> At first thought, I was thinking, of course not. Everything's forgivable under the sacrifice of Jesus, right? Yeah. In my in my head, when I first thought, when I re- when I first just like the first thought just came up in my head, and then I really thought about it, and I was thinking, if this man was living this life and was living it up until his deathbed, like. I can't judge the man. I can't say really say on his salvation, but I can say on his fruits and what he was doing. Like, could it be a deeper sign of his salvation? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I can speculate. I can really speculate. Oh, yeah. You know, like, if you believe that you're saved through Jesus Christ and like your sins are covered, right? By all means. How, however, if are you really? Are you really under Christ if you're living a very the just just the magnitude of this sin and the fact that it it really didn't seem like he was repentant of it or he was trying to um get trying to stop it at any point like he had this big web of planning and he was living it out until his deathbed that says something to me question. That says something to me. Question on the side. All speculation. This is all speculation. (laughs) Question on a side note. All speculation. Um, If he had been just anyone in the church, would it Mm. be, you know, would we, would it have been like, I mean, would we still have the same sort of like perspective on it? That's interesting. Because first thought again, like, I don't, like we, I feel like we wouldn't. But what is that verse? Like, we are not all called to be teachers because you're going to be put under such high scrutiny. Like this is such a big calling. Like this is mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe that's why that's why I like at first thought if it was anyone else in the church, some rando dando who didn't have a big who doesn't have a big platform, right? Maybe I'll be maybe I feel I feel maybe I'd be a bit more gracious in this huh. situation and thinking yeah. about them, right? Yeah. Rando Zachariah. Rando Zacharias. <laughs> I mean, the Bible does tell us that leaders are held to a different account. 
Yeah. Yes. Much higher. Like there's, much yeah, higher. there's a there's a different sort of you know, the Bible tells us that there's yeah, the consequences for somebody that misleads others. Right. There's yeah. you know, that's a pretty hefty um you know, penalty to that. But then, you know, you kinda my mind wanders to David. King David. Right? Does that mm-hmm. have any parallel to this story? To this situation? I mean, we've got two yeah. very large, almost larger than life figures mm-hmm. that had a ton of reach, a ton of attention. They had financial means, resources, um, authority, power, power, right? Um, they knew how to game the system. That's the word. Game the system. They knew how to game the system. Know how to game the system to a certain degree, right? And um, for those of us that aren't familiar, that's listening, that aren't familiar with the story of David, we're talking about David and Bathsheba. And the context is, David is in the middle of a war. He sends you know people out you know to to fight this war, and one of the uh, one of these um, one of the people he sends out is uh, a man named Uriah who is uh, one of the the 30 of David's um, mighty men. And Uriah has apparently a really, really attractive wife. Oof. And so while he's off in battle, David stays home in his kingdom. And one night he goes out on his balcony and he looks over and he spots Bathsheba Taking a bath. Taking a bath on their roof. Why it's there, I don't know. That's just the way society was. Yeah. Weird, man. Okay. He he arranges that they that they be be together, uh, and they are, and then she gets pregnant with his baby. Nice. So that's bad. Taking somebody else's wife. Mm -mm, And you know, whatever. As the story goes, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to get caught with it, so he he sends a message to bring Uriah back home while the fighting is still happening. Uriah comes home. Uh, David tries to honor him. Uh, part of it is to you know get him um, have him party or like you know relax, have a relaxing time, get him drunk, and the plan is to get get him drunk. Send him home, let him sleep with his wife, mm-hmm. cover his tracks. Mm-hmm. But Uriah is so um, honorable, honorable, loyal. Dignity. You know, he says that he doesn't want to go. How can he be home with his wife when mm-hmm. his uh, when his, when his other comrades are out fighting and dying and you know putting their life on the line? So he doesn't go home. So David David does this a second night. Same thing happened. Doesn't work. He falls Tried asleep. Like, system, man. He's trying. Yeah, he falls asleep on the thing, on like the steps or whatever. So he never actually, you know, because he's, he's so drunk. <laughs> Finally, David has the plan of sending Uriah back, but with uh, a separate message going ahead of him or like not uh, separate from him. Uh, and he tells his commander, uh, you know, go storm 
whatever army, you know, nation that we're going against, you know, send them off to that city to to storm the the wall. And then when the time is right where the, the fighting is the heaviest, call everybody back except for Uriah. That's what happened. Uriah dies. In the outset, David gets a you know, David gets away with it. Had it not been for Nathan the prophet. Nathan the prophet. Oh, I'm sorry. David then takes Bathsheba as his and wife. Her wife. Yeah. Right? His wife. His wife. Can get, you know, can get pregnant, uh, have a baby. Everything's fine. Clean. Looks clean. It's clean, right? The the crime scene is clean. Hmm. Had it not been for Nathan the prophet, God tells Nathan, go talk to David. And Nathan in around <laughs> Man, you're the man. Yeah, I mean, even when they even when they show this on Veggie Tales, right? The story of this, it's so it's so boss. Like it's so not only boss, it's also frightening in the way that he tells him the story. And so the story goes, you know, he goes to David. He says, "Hey, look, there's a guy here who there's two men. One one neighbor has like one sheep, uh, and that's all the sheep that he has. Like he cares for it so much. You know, he loves that sheep." And then he has a neighbor, which has many sheep. One day, uh, a friend visits this man with many sheep, and he says, you know, let's let's have dinner, uh, but I don't want to sacrifice any of my sheep. Let's go get my neighbor's sheep and kill that so we can have dinner. And David is enraged by the story. He's like, who is this? Who, tell me who man. this is. I'm going to, you know, there's no way that he's going to get, get off the hook. I'm going to make sure that he comes to justice. And Nathan says, like those chilling words, you're the man. Oh, King, you are that man. Yo, that's a mic drop. Right. That's a mic drop. Um, And so, you know, uh, I guess that's farther than what we wanted to go with this story. But, hey. you know, eventually, like, that's sort of the parallel, some of the parallels to the story, right? He doesn't yeah. get away with it. And there was consequences. And there was consequences. Yeah, consequences, yeah. Uh, David lost that child. Who mm-hmm. was conceived of that relationship? Consequences. And David repented. Oh yeah, he repented, right? Psalm fifty-one, and... right? Ooh. Is that that's the one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that psalm very. Like I remember, like yeah, that's a good one. Solid, solid repentance. Solid, repentance. <laughs> solid repentance. Solid repentance. Um, yeah, but there were consequences and. Did yeah, there you, were consequences. Yeah, Alan, didn't you mention in the previous episode that scholars believe that that was like the downturn of David's? Yeah, we leadership? really don't hear a lot of what happens. I mean, any of the any of the the honorable stories of David all happened before this, mm. and it seemed like mm. after this, David then had problems. Mm. You know. Family, not only Absalom, yeah, with his relationships with his own family, mm. right? Um, and I, there's there's a portion where there's even a portion where where David wants to build God a temple because he's looking out. He has his palace, and he's looking out, and you know, there's the ark. I mean, there's um, yeah, the ark of the covenant, uh, just in the tent. You know, the tabernacle. And so he wants to do this, and even Nathan, who who called him out 
earlier said, yeah, go do it. You know, God's with you. God calls Nathan and says, nope, go back. Tell him you can't do it. You're not that man. You're not that man. <laughs> you're not that man. You're, be you're not that son. man because, and he says something specific and it really didn't dawn on me until, you know, that this might be it, that, that God tells him you can't do it because uh, you're a man of uh, blood. Like there's something with yeah. the blood. Right, you can't do it because yeah, like you're a man of war. Is blood on your hands? Oh, yeah. no, I, I don't think it says blood on your hands because I think all of us would automatically go to him and think about <laughs> that, uh, Bathsheba and Uriah and stuff. But yeah, that that can't I can't help but think that when God estimates that all of that that He's taking that into account, He's like, you can't do it because of the things that you have done. Mm. So your son Solomon's going to build it for me, hmm. right? But once again, David is able to maneuver in such a way. He gets all the stuff ready. He gets the plans ready. All Solomon has to do is just put everything in place. Right? Yeah. He already made. He already has the jigsaw puzzle pieces. All you got to do is just slot them where they're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. But hmm. everything up until, you know, everything past uh, Bathsheba and Uriah, there really isn't anything you know, notable about David um, in terms of, you know, um, the greatness of David. Hmm. Everything okay. sort of seems to have happened beforehand. I could be wrong, but um, that's what it sort of seems like. Yeah, there oh. might be tidbits in the whole story, like after that. But it's thing, like a, but it's like like a the grand a de- gesture. A decline, yeah. right? Yeah. But so not, definitely not, idea, the, yeah. not to the size of like, Goliath. Yeah, the giant killer. The... Yeah. All the other stuff. Wow, lives, this yeah. feels too relatable. I hate it. Like it's too... <laughs> I feel too he much repented. of the story, man. He did. He did and repent. However, he still, and it he still, still went downhill like, after. Well, he did go downhill, but it's... I mean, it's not like... And God still calls him a man after his own heart. Mm-hmm. Which is mind-blowing. Okay. Right? Yeah. It's amazing. It's great. Um, but the, the, it, it, to me, it sounds like God just decided not to use him anymore. <laughs> yeah, he got benched. That, yeah, he got <laughs> benched. Oh, that's, God benched him. Shoot. It's like when NBA players, they get, they get just too old, but they just want to ring chase. They just like just get benched. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's what it feels like. Well, that's what, if Ravi was still alive, I feel like that's what would have happened. Like, what is min- like him as a ministry, him doing his work that he would be doing, he'd be benched. He wouldn't be doing anything anymore. But not that he's passed away. Like I feel like, say, but it's, I feel like it's still gonna happen. Like all, again, like you were talking about it before. All this inf- all this knowledge, all this information, all these resources, it's gonna be benched. It's gonna be placed aside. Mm-hmm. And all all the things that God used in the past, it's gonna be benched. And I feel like it's not going to be usable anymore just because I mean, of what yeah. happened. It might be reincarnated. And it could be reincarnated. The, by yeah, the use of somebody means. else using it. and Like, so, like Solomon? Maybe is that not thing? exactly <laughs> giving him clear credit Puzzle for pieces? it. Exactly. No, it's just, no, yeah. it's yeah. been said that. Yeah, like the, <laughs> <laughs> like the truth uh, is going to continue on. The arguments, the logical things, the, ph- the philosophical arguments, it will continue on. Without the tag of Ravi Zacharias, it yeah, right. It has been like said it has that that men 
have four concerns. What is it? The origin, the destiny. <laughs> what what did Zacharias came up, come up with? He origin came up man, with a- destiny of man. It's just this fourth thing. I don't know. I forgot. Man, but he kind of feels too poetic right now. This feels too poetic. We fan that out. Um, but yeah, like we can never really tell what his fate is. Uh, from the outside looking in, it seems yeah, that really he really knew what he was doing, and he didn't repent. And to his deathbed, there was not. He didn't say a word of it. And so yeah, he took it to the from, grave, essentially. Yeah, from the outside, it seemed like he did repent. So one could say that he did forfeit his salvation, but. You can never know. Like maybe he was in his deathbed and he's like, in his head, God, yeah. Maybe God quietly. God forgive me. Like, yeah. God forgive me for everything that I've done. He had his Psalm to um, fifty-one. You know. I just don't know. We can never say. If he uh, did. We can't well, say. that's we that's really also not up to us. In the yeah, sense. it's not up to us. Yeah, we're just spe- again, guys. Remember, it's <laughs> all just... speculation. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wow. wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if you know we we find him in heaven. I'm uh, so glad we don't have to make these decisions. Yeah. And um Amen. I don't know if I'd be surprised if I don't know how surprised would I be if we don't see him in heaven. Hmm. Yeah. I feel I like I'd be, be more surprised to not see him. I feel like I will be surprised to not see him there. I'd be like, whoa, shoot. I'd be yeah. I think that's be that'll be much I wouldn't be surprised if he was there. Maybe because that's the gracious part of me that I'm like Anyone and everyone is redeemable. But hey, I don't make those decisions. It's all speculation. And I think, you know, right now it's, you know, it's very, it's still painful for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, talking about redeeming somebody and forgiveness and all of that Mm -hmm. seems like a hard ask, Um you know, for, for his sure. listeners, for people that were affected by it, mm-hmm. you know, definitely his victims. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, but I also have a hard time seeing, you know, seeing God throw away people. You know? Yeah, mm. for sure. Um, uh, and I know that doesn't bring a whole lot of comfort. In fact, it probably opens up, you know, a lot more wounds to people that have been. Um, negatively affected by him, that mm-hmm. have been hurt by him and his actions. Um, yeah, and it, right now it's just a, a sore time for, you know, any kind of any kind of healing talk. But I, I, I guess for, for from my perspective, uh, yes, it's enraging. Yes, it's shocking. Um, but you know how. Where would any of us be, you know, if, you know, uh, if, if God had a limit, yeah. God, had, whether yeah. it's no. the amount of the, 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 the number of sins or the, or the majority or, or the, the severity of the sin. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. And that's um, something we can hold on to and have hope in, right? For each and every one of us, no matter how messy and how great the magnitude of how we think our sin may be it's just mm-hmm. it's just really it's man it's just really hard yeah 
just like, all we this can do situation. right now yeah. is denounce his actions. Yeah, but can never denounce him as a person or like his salvation. You can't really tell. Yeah, we no, can't but tell. It, yeah, no, but it seems like that's just that's the way that this is playing out, particularly in this culture, cancel culture being part of it. Um, yeah. You know, throwing people away. Yeah. The island um, of misfit toys. The island of, yeah, it's a, it's a somewhat ever place that it is. And it's absolutely understandable in in my mind, in a lot of people's mind. Um, I just, I'm just not, I just don't know how far that goes with God. Because I do know that, you know, mm. part of it you know, being sort of in Ecclesiastes reading this morning you know, there's that time period, that uh, the time passage, right? Mm-hmm. There's a time to try to hurt. There's a time to kill. There's a time to heal, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe the, there's there's a time to forgive, and maybe that's just not right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, there's the other passage that says, you know, well, if you don't forgive, how does how will my Father in heaven forgive you? Um, and those are weighty things that you can't just, you know, push aside and, and say whatever you, you know, it's, at least for me, it weighs on my mind. Like, how do you balance those things? Right. It's uh, really hard without being, for the victims who are affected by it, Ravi. Yeah. It's really like, hard I mean, to find that balance because without being insensitive to you know, their situation, you know, and, and being sensitive to the time that they, they need to process, to heal, to mend, to process everything that's happening. Because I do agree with you. I definitely do agree with you that we should come to a point of forgiveness. And I think we shouldn't, I guess for the victims, we shouldn't have to force that on them at any point, to be honest with you. Yeah. By by any means, by at any point, because it may take years. It may take so like years of, you know, maybe counseling, therapy. Yeah, um, and and the, yeah, no, and you you definitely you you bring up a great point that you can't force that on people because at least from my point of view, the way that I understand what forgiveness is, right, and I think we've said this before on this podcast is that forgiveness is this act of saying okay you're not going to have to pay back what you owe. But the other half of that is, is that there's still a debt to be paid. There's still, you know, destruction that has to be taken care of. But mm. what forgiveness does is that you're saying to the other person, okay, you don't have to clean up the mess, but you're, you're in a, not inadvertently, but you're, um, you're not saying it out loud, but like what you're implying is that I will take, that per I will take that pain. I will take the mess, and I will, in my own way, you know, in my own time, figure out how to deal with how to clean up the mess, how to repay the debt, how to how to balance the imbalance that has been now that you know what you have done. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like the idea is okay, Billy, you give me your your phone. I need a I need a phone, Billy. Can I use borrow your phone? Um, and I throw it, and it breaks, right? 
you can say to me, okay, Alan, I forgive you, but that still leaves the fact that you're without a phone. All right. You're just telling me I don't have to pay you back. I don't have to get you another phone. But that, and the way that our society well, works now, you need a phone, right? <laughs> so you have to go out and get one, right? So you got to go to whoever it is that you go to, Rogers, Bell, Telus, Kudo, whoever it is that you go to and say, well, I don't have my phone. I need to get another one. So put add that on top of, you know, whatever bill that you got for me and I will pay it off. Uh, so you're still having to pay for it. In, the, in that sense, I can't tell somebody that has been a victim of Zacharias's, you know, misdeeds and say, you have to forgive them because in, in, in their own way, they're the ones that has to take that on. They're the ones that uh-huh. has to say, I have to figure out how I'm going to pay this back, how I'm going to clean up this mess. Yeah. Oh, right? He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's really nice going. Who thought of this? <laughs> Stay really, relevant. What a really jacked up topic. Whose idea was this? Uh, I missed oh, no. it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Sorry, my for a hot second. Who agreed to it? <laughs> who, who even came up with the questions? What dummy? Uh, I'm so happy we did this topic. I love it. It's so emotional. But it's, it's something that really comes up, I don't know, frequently or once in a while. It will. Like, really. He's not the first. He's not the last. Yeah, there's Jimmy yeah. Swagger. Uh, recently, there's Carl Lentz from yes. Hillsong yeah. Church. And uh, really, there's things that we could learn from it, right? Like, I don't know. For. You'd think that leaders would look at other events in the past that has transpired as a lesson to of of things not to do or mm-hmm. just how to just how to conduct themselves as leaders. But I don't know. Like it's it's definitely something it, to talk about within the church or within leadership at least. Well, and here's the thing: you can come up with as many. I mean, you can come up with the barriers, the buffers, the guardrails, whatever you want to call it, the strategies mm-hmm. to, to stay out of danger, and they should be there. They yeah, should be sure. done. But like Ravi Zacharias, he, he, who put his boundaries in place, you know, that just, you know, being the architect of your own safeguards, you're, able, you're the one that's oh, most you know qualified to mm. be able to circumvent them. Yo, you build the firewall. Of course, you know how the the back. You know the, the back doors. Are. You know where yeah, the back you know how to doors get around are. it. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, um, and and that's not. And, and as I was saying, those things need to be put in place because they 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 act as warning signs to what you're doing, right? But the human condition is yes. still very prevalent today, as it was back in David's time. Back, you know, as soon as. Adam made his choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, Adam and Eve. Oh. <laughs> right, that's Why? still there, and that still will be there until you know, until that last, until the trumpet is sounded. Yeah, and Jesus comes in the clouds. That'll still be there, and so, as we were saying, he's not, he's not the first, 
he'll definitely not be the last. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I, I think we do. I think we have learned from the people from the past. You know, but have uh, we? Well, it's just that's the question: is are are we going to follow it? I mean, it, it's an individual sort of question. Am I am I willing to follow it, or you know, do I get distracted by my own, you know, my own selfish, you know, wants and deeds? Uh, do I let do I let the adversary put his hooks into me, so mm-hmm. that I can walk that slippery slope? Mm-hmm. You know, feel alive that I'm I'm balancing on it, but not be surprised, and nobody else is going to be surprised when I slip and fall. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. And I think I think it's just really important to know that it just takes one slip to tumble down the whole hill. Um and, mm-hmm. and that it's really important to uh I I my wife uh, Jenna showed me a post by a friend from university of mm-hmm. his analysis of this whole thing um, mm-hmm. where, and he used that verse from Deuteronomy, um, God commanding Israel to love the Lord thy God with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all, the, with all your strength and all that. And his analysis was Zacharias might have loved God with all his mind. That's, um, and maybe even his whole heart or his whole soul or his whole strength at one time and one point in time, but at some point he started losing one of those aspects. He started not loving God with all his all his soul. He he was able to love all these. He was able to say all these truths and debate people um, and provide all these defenses for the Christian faith and led pe- so many people, millions of people, thousands of people to Jesus using his mind and saying all these truths where, yeah, maybe he loved God with all his mind, but loving God with all your mind is not enough. Um, hmm. Loving God with all your heart is not enough. It needs to be all three, all four. Um, and loving God with all your soul is such a deep and intrinsic thing that like, it has to be like your soul has to be in it where everything has to be in it. Your mind, heart, soul, strength, like all everything about your being has to love God mm. uh, so that you don't slip into these types of things. Wow. Yeah. It's true. Um I'm just wondering how much of his back pain because that's sort of like it almost seemed like that was the catalyst. That was his, his catalyst and his back door. Mm. Yeah. You know, past his past his boundaries that can say I can circumvent this because I have, you know, I have this this back pain. In fact, that's what he, you know, you know, that his cancer in his spine. That you know, I I can't help but think that played some part. And it so it it was real. <laughs> so of course, you it was know, real. And yeah. So his back pain. So you know, not necessarily because he could have been making. I mean, he could have been making it up, right? Just so he could be with the masseuse, you know, uh, massage therapist and stuff. But he died from you know a, a back issue, so I I, I want to believe that there was. Anyways, the point is, is like, you know, how much how much is 
How much does being dis- getting distracted play a part into loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? Because as we said in previous podcasts, you know, particularly for for you know God's children that are in the forefront, that are that are making headway in for the kingdom of God, Satan's not going to take that lying down. Mm, yeah, the bigger you are, it just makes makes you a bigger target. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and I guess that's part of the the question we came up with was you know what's the fallout because there's going to be a different fallout for somebody that's in Ravi Zacharias's sort of uh, gravity and somebody that's just from a local church. Right, there is a different, you know, there are there is there's a different fallout to that. Right, and so you know, I I also don't want to absolve. Satan's part in any of this. I don't want to not take into account the human nature, um, you know, that we have. Mm. Um, and I don't want to, and I definitely don't want to, to take apart or push away the grace of God for people that have fallen and make mistakes. Huge ones like David, like Jim Baker, like, you know, whoever else that we, we think of. Mm-hmm. Right, and you definitely don't want it, you know, because you know we 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 tend to focus on, and rightly so, on the act and also the hurt of the victims that are left in the aftermath, rightly so. But yeah. I don't want us to like f- forget all of that. You know, all of this paints is part of that picture. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, you know, what's the lessons that we can glean from it? I, I think one of the, the when when we were putting out this question, the one thing that, that came out was, you know, we can have and we should have and we need to have these boundaries, these strategies and whatever in place, um, but we also need redundancies. And, you know, and redundancies, I mean, you know, people that will hold us accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that can that can see the blind spots that we don't have, that we have, that we take advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the issues with, I guess, with Ravi, because I'm just basing it all off the report, like hearing that no one in the organization had an inkling or had any idea that this was happening. It does sound like he was just doing this and I'm I'm trying, I I hope that he was fighting it alone, fighting in the sense that he was trying to resist and, um, repent, but again, he was doing it alone, and yeah. without those that accountability, without you know someone being able to see your blind spots, and yeah, it's it's too hard. Like we can't fight. We're not we're not built to fight this fight alone. We're built to uh, live out this life in community and accountability in that sense with the people and like fellow believers around us. So I think that was definitely one of the downfalls, and that's definitely one of the biggest things that. I took out of it lesson wise um, that accountability is super important is super, super important. Yeah. And I've definitely been a violator of that. Like I've definitely had my fights where I'm like, Oh, I can fight it alone. I'm def- I'm okay. I can do this by myself, but that's not the, that's not the life. And that's not the fight that God gave us to fight. No, it's no. not. 
here to find a community and fight with our brothers and sisters. Yeah, in and finding right. somebody that that can see your blind spots and somebody and that person has to be somebody that's strong enough to tell you. Oof. Yeah. When you're drifting into your blind spots, mm-hmm. they can't be an enneagram nine. Sorry. <laughs> can't confront you, buddy. Right. <laughs> and not only that, they have to be somebody that you're willing to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think part of part of the problem, at least what became part of the problem, was the power that that Zacharias wielded. Right. Because of his, you know, metaphorically loud voice. You know, because of the resources that he has, you know, he used that to his advantage, not only for the women that he, he was able to, you know, uh, to manipulate, to control, but also, you know, as we were saying, he was able to hide this. And I can't imagine that there are some people that would look sideways when he would do certain things, but because of who he was, what he was about, you know, mm. no one was able to step in. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have to have your blinds, not only do you have to, you have to have your boundaries and your guardrails, you have to have redundancies, specifically somebody that is able to see your blind spots, know when you're, know when you're drifting to those blind spots, have the courage to call you out on it and the strength to fight you when you fight back. Mm-hmm. Right. For your benefit. Yeah. Um, and so I think mm. that would probably be like the biggest one for me. Like for any leader, for any person in general, but especially for leaders, you know, put in place, pray for, have people that are surrounding you that have, you know, that are looking out for your best intentions. That'll help protect you from everything, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Well, is that proverb? It's like a fool surrounds himself with people who agree with him. Oh. Yeah. But a wise man seeks counsel from people who are not afraid to disagree with them. Yeah. Wow. I feel very convicted already. This I already wow, the lesson has been ingrained in me already. <laughs> I think I think cuz like this is also I guess emotionally not triggering. Maybe evoking evoking emotionally evoking. emotionally evoking cuz I feel like for me I feel like that this could this could have been this could be me if things for like for any sin like this could be me if things don't get um cleaned up if things don't get put in into the light like cuz I feel like if I was in Ravi if I was in Ravi situation and I wanted things to change it would take a lot of humbleness to uh understanding that like what I'm doing is like sinful and it's really messed up and also humble enough to be able to be vulnerable despite my level of power and my level of voice to be able to be vulnerable to the people around me and be like hey like I'm this super big Christian celebrity but you know I'm still a human and I still fail and I still have this issue that I'm dealing with you know who I keep coming back to every time you, you when we talk about, you know, having to, um, Billy Graham, yeah. right? 
God, it's such a far reach um, that is used by God in such a mighty way and was able to, at least as far as we all know. As far as all. <laughs> as we all know. You know, keep Speculation, his honor maybe. and his faith intact. You know, I, I'm sure... I'm sure Satan has taken his shots at him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I remember hearing a story where, where Billy Graham was getting flack because he spent $5 million on a mansion, mm-hmm. you know, that he was living in. But what they failed or whoever was attacking him was f- failed to, to mention was that he was just living in the top part. Everything downstairs was the base for his ministry organization. Mm. Right. So there's, yeah. there was a purpose to it. Right. Um, and there was, you know, um, there's utility in what he was doing. Well, um, 5 million is a lot of money, but you know, he had a big or- organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that seems, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Right. And I think um, like, I think if there was anything that he did that was wrong, it would have come out by now. Because I think everything comes out, to be honest. And I think that's the lesson that we can learn from this, too. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Nothing gets hidden. Nothing is hidden. Um, Everything's going to come to light. So just think twice. If you're not going to let God hinder you from doing it, let this fact <laughs> hinder you from doing it. Oh my goodness. That everything's going to come to light. God. Alan, I think you said this once, like, don't wait until God humbles you, man. I think you said that to me in a Bible study once. I'm like, I got so, I got so shook. I got so scared. I was like, dang, I don't want God to humble me. That's too scary. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst. That's the worst. I, mean, I think it might've been the, we might've been studying the, um, the, 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 the wedding or the, the banquet table. Where it's like, okay, don't sit somewhere that's closest to the prince because he might tap you on the shoulder and tell you, hey, there's somebody that's greater than you. Please give up your seat and go down. (laughs) (laughs) So scary. So, but yeah, I mean, I I look at those two figures, Billy Graham and Ravi Zacharias, both called to great ministries. Um, You know, one had a misstep big misstep but you know it is possible it is possible to run that race now to be like paul maybe he and maybe billy graham had his his thorn in the flesh i'm sure it is he did he had to have one he had to have one uh because that helps us keep humble right um Mm. you know and run the race and be free from your reproach as the bible counsels us to be so, but at the same time, we all, mm-hmm. you know, we all have our, our trigger points. We all, Satan knows us, you know, to a large extent, not as good mm-hmm. as God does, but he does, he knows uh, where, where our, our buttons are mm-hmm. and he can push us. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So let's not be so, I mean, that's, I think that's part, that's part of the, the, the danger in somebody that gets to the status and you know the wide reach um that Ravi Zacharias had right that power corrupts mm-hmm. right yeah. 
It's um, dangerous, man. So be, yeah, it is dangerous. So you With know, great if you, power. If you, whoever's listening, if you ever, if you ever find yourself ascending to that, don't be scared because you know there is there, there is Billy Graham. There is that example. <laughs> there's that two pathways. <laughs> yes, but there's also Ravi Zacharias. Oh man, yo, Take Ravi was Billy Graham, bro. It was only it could have been just Billy Graham and Ravi Zacharias in the same lane, but could have been things come to light, man. Things come to light. It's come to light. Wow. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, this it's episode tough. has been tough. I love it though. Volume two, man. We don't hold the <laughs> hey, <man>. volume two. <laughs> Bring you pull the no hard stuff. This one. <laughs> Bringing you the hard stuff. But I think that's all we got for you today, um, this week. Um, we thank you for joining us in this episode. Uh, this has very, this has been a very tough one, and very discouraging. Uh, but we hope in some way that God will use this event or revelation for His wise, wise purpose. So, uh, just let us know your thoughts on this issue. Uh, if you want to do it, send us a shout out at the Prodigals on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you've been hearing, uh, please like and subscribe and make sure you leave, leave a review. That will go a long way in helping us out. That's all we have for you this week. Stay blessed and stay faithful. And join us again next week for another episode of The Prodigal's Podcast. The Prodigal.